0: shock coming back to America. Man, we are so blessed here. Let's go to Romans chapter 16 this evening, and I'm reading from the New American Standard. I'm ready to go. How about you guys? And um, the full the Lord really downloaded during worship a, a, a now message for you, something I've not preached on before in its entirety, but p- bits and pieces over the years. So. You probably want to get a pen and paper out, hallelujah, and give me the tape later, I want to hear it again, because <laughs> it's a real now word, glory to God, and I greet those I haven't seen in a while, hallelujah, and those that email us, thank you for praying for us, hallelujah, there is incredible things happening in Israel, I have never been involved in something so wild, so extreme, yet so holy, Hallelujah, we'll show a little video of little things tonight, and then tomorrow I'll show some more. Um, Lord, I just pray that you put together the pieces of this puzzle, what your people are going through here, in the micro sense of their own context of their lives here in California, but also the macro, hallelujah, the big scale of what you're doing worldwide in this hour. Let us draw strength from your word. Let us be infused with fresh dunamis power by your spirit. That we cannot be a casualty, hallelujah, but we can be those rescue boats fitted out to help those that are drowning in the sea of fear right now. In the mighty name of Jesus. We thank for your angelic presence of your angels that are here tonight. We do not concentrate on them. We don't even concentrate on the miracles that will happen and the healings. We concentrate on you. We focus on you. And what you're speaking to us. Let us have ears to hear what you're saying in this hour. Give us the ability to soften and put in the plow bait and break up the fallow ground in our hearts this weekend, Father. In the mighty name of Yeshua. Amen. Romans chapter 16 and verse 17. Very, very powerful. Now I urge you, brethren, to keep your eye on those who cause dissensions and hindrances contrary to the teachings which you have learned and turn away from them. So the first sign of demonic activity that goes on is strife and division. And we are in an hour of darkness, and it's in this hour of darkness that we're going to rise and shine. Hallelujah, Isaiah 60. But we have to refocus and recalibrate what's happening in the earth right now. And uh, we are being, many Christians are losing their faith. I mean, my inbox is filled with thousands of emails of people just feel like they're, they can't hang on anymore. And I'm like, man, you guys were worshiping God a year ago on fire. What's happened? Just because Obama, some secret Muslim becomes president in the financial situation, and maybe you lose a house or something, I mean, and you're giving it up? Didn't the Bible say, you know, you'll have tribulation? Didn't Paul say there will be perilous times in the last days? Yeah. Didn't he say everything that can be shaken will be shaken, the writer of Hebrews? So what's the big deal? The worst thing could happen, we all die and go to heaven. I mean, <laughs> you lose your house and you have to sleep in a cardboard box under the, under the freeway and goes this below zero one night and you die of hypothermia and go to heaven. Praise God. Hallelujah. So we have to focus on what is our enemy right now and it's the terror of the night it's a dark hour right now and part of that darkness is God sent I, I just, I'm going to shake up your theology right now before we go any further um, and I'll try not to be long Okay, I just want to get this all together and if I'm pausing in my speaking it's because I'm getting some more downloads from Abba I have a lot to share with you guys it's really exciting what's going on um you have to look back and see that God does something new out of the darkness. In Genesis chapter 1, darkness covered the earth. Hebrew, it's tohu va'vohu, means absolute nothingness wasteland. And out of that, God said, let there be light. And the whole thing, creation began out of that darkness. God allows his people to go through a wilderness, dry, desert experience because in the desert, he creates something new. So we don't get the glory for it. We don't, you know, get accolades for it. He himself gets the glory. And um, last year, last September, a friend of mine from New York City, which is the largest Jewish population outside of Israel, called me in Israel. It was the uh, Feast of Trumpets, Hallelujah, was beginning. Uh, Rosh Hashanah, the beginning of the days of all on the biblical calendar. And he says, I thought we need to blow the shofar because I feel like this election... Is going to go the way that most uh, most of the people in the Christian coalition don't want it to go, and I said, "Okay, let's blow the shofar, let's pray." So we began to pray. I'm in Israel; he's in New York City. And as I blow the shofar and pray with him, I see a dome of darkness descending upon the earth. And I just described to you what I saw. It's like I saw like a um, like an IMAX old vision of you know the satellite. Um, Space Hubble, you know, pictures of Earth suspended. And then I saw like this darkness come upon the Earth. And it lasted for two or three years, maybe more. And the darkness was not from the devil, by the way. It was God himself sent the darkness. And the reason God sent the darkness was to cause men to fear him once again. And it seemed like, him and I talk about this a lot, that since we saw that and heard that, that It's like the wheels came off of John McCain's you know, presidential campaign. The economy, whatever happened, all these things just began to just... The wheels came off of everything. And the scriptures that came to me was, number one, God sent darkness on Egypt. We give the glory too much to the devil. He's not omniscient. And second, it says in Isaiah 45, I am the Lord who creates light and darkness. That's one of those scriptures that we don't want to hear today. I create good and evil. And we're not going to try to go down that path and understand those mysteries right now, okay? But God sent the darkness. And the reason God sent darkness upon our culture in this hour is to cause men to fear him once again. And we are in a dark hour, brothers and sisters. And this is the time for us to rejoice. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because we're being prepped for something great. Yeah, our comfort zones are being infringed upon. Big deal. Hallelujah. And so I just want to let you know that God has sent a shaking upon planet Earth right now. And he's looking for those who are not timid and have a bomb shelter mentality. He's looking for those that are warriors in this hour. Rambos and Ramboettes. Glory to God. And if you read through the Bible... God does things in dark hours, like Daniel in a lion's den. Jesus says the power of darkness, it's yours. The prince of darkness is coming. He has nothing in me. And all the disciples split and thought that was it. You know, the ministry's over. We're going back to fishing, not knowing that the greatest resurrection ever, hallelujah, the greatest miracle for all of humanity was about to happen in the hour of darkness. So when you see the darkness, lift up your head, rejoice. Hallelujah. Our liberation, our redemption draws nigh. Amen. Glory to God. And we need to encourage one another in this hour. You say, well, what authority are you talking about? Well, I'm nobody. Hallelujah. But I live on the green line. I live in the valley of the shadow of darkness. I live at the gate where all the terrorists, the demonized, the most demonized serial killers on planet Earth today are trying to bust through and kill innocent civilians. I live right there. And so we're dealing with demon-possessed Muslims, okay, that are bloodthirsty, and uh, every night, hallelujah, we're doing operations, glory to God, hallelujah. And so I know something the last two years about being in the terrors of the darkness. And so tonight's message is going to be about how to thrive in the darkness, glory to God. Now, I don't know if you've all experienced this. I experienced this when I first got saved, that um, after I got flushed of whatever was living in me, BC before Christ hallelujah that those things come back once the house is swept amen and I used to have terrors in the night you know I used to have like these hands grab my throat at night and I would scream out Jesus help me and I heard him once say to me I've given you the power now use it in Jesus name (laughs) it would go never came back some of those things but you know kids are tormented by dreams Uh, people are tormented by darkness people are afraid to sleep in the dark come on hold we can go on and on here. Why? Because the prince of darkness is still alive. And he's wanting to uh, get in your mind and play games with you. You're going to have to learn how to thrive in the darkness. When you Jesus was water baptized, what happened? What was the first thing he went and did? Went and do miracles? And who took him into the desert? Did you know the Greek word is the same Greek word to cast out demons? It doesn't, in Mark, it doesn't say Jesus was led by the Spirit to be tested, you know. <laughs> he was driven. It's ikbalo. It's the same word we get the word to throw a ball. It's the same word, in my name you shall drive out, cast out demons. It's the same word. He was driven out of the first river meeting at, the, at John the Baptist, okay? And he was driven into the Midbar, into the desert. When you come to Israel, I want to show you this place. It's awesome. Hallelujah. And there he had to take on the wild beast. Now there is a realm, I don't know, I'm going to get into it because I'm not here to glorify the, the enemy. But there definitely is a realm of fallen um, powers, whether it be angelic or demons, we don't know all these things, but there is the Nephilim, the fallen ones, we can read about that in Genesis 6, okay, they gave birth to a race of giants. Okay, we know that there's um, in the book of Jude, it talks about angels in chains of darkness. We know that there is these false prophets, these clouds without water that are in our midst right now, that are like reefs, okay, in our love feast. You know what I'm saying? And you don't want to drive a boat over a reef; it'll pull out the bottom of your boat, right? And so there is these, there is these wandering stars of darkness that are among us in this hour, and we need to learn how to do war. And not be unsuspecting. Am I making my point? Okay? And so if Jesus was driven by the Spirit into the desert to be tested, then we, are, if we want fresh, but let it rain, Lord. Okay? Amen? Then we're, each fresh baptism of the Spirit that we get is for the purpose of taking us into the desert and taking on the arch enemy and winning. Hallelujah. And then coming back to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. So most people want the power, okay? But they don't want the baptism of, of dealing with the terrors of night in the desert. So once you get comfortable with the testing, hallelujah, you'll enjoy, hallelujah, you'll be like Pablo's dog, drooling, hallelujah, next time you get a baptism in church, a, a fresh anointing, but you know you're going to take on the enemy and win this week, hallelujah. I'm not crazy living in Israel, I'm, I'm fine. <laughs> but, you know, we're in church to get maintenance, to get our oil, you know, oil change, you know. Out there is the excitement. Glory to God. Out there is the greater one comes alive inside of us. And I want to encourage you. I'm nobody, and, uh, but I know somebody. Hallelujah. <laughs> God told us to go to Israel, and I was petrified with fear. Because I knew in my spirit that we were going to be camping out right there where nobody wants to hang out. No man's land. And um, hopefully a chance to share some of these things with you, which I can't share in the emails because of the security restrictions. Anyway, verse 17. Lord, help me read these things. Now I urge you, brethren, keep your eyes on those who cause dissensions and hindrances. So we know that in James it says that all demonic works, the wisdom that's not from above, the wisdom of this earth, is selfishness, strife, envy, okay? So wherever there is envy, strife, arguments contention that is the seedbed for satan looking to bring darkness into your life into your family's life okay so you need to recognize these signs okay of when the enemy is trying to do something He goes on and says here verse 18 for such men are slaves now we need to look in this hour for people that are slaves and um, if you listen to a lot of the messages maybe you should get detoxed and go overseas a while then come back and hear the messages from people, men and women of God, that were birthed in the fires of Pentecost and revival that have led the church to this generation, most of them are preaching a seeker-sensitive and not a spirit-sensitive message. They're preaching a message on how you can prosper, how you can fulfill your destiny. They're not preaching about how you die at Gethsemane. Thank you for your enthusiasm tonight. They're preaching a message to make us comfortable. They're not preaching a warrior message. They're preaching a politically correct message. Are you with me? And you got to be suspect right now. There's nothing wrong with testing everything, okay? If you buy a hamburger, I did today, I look under, hallelujah, to make sure what's there, don't you? (laughs) Could be somebody's ring finger in there, you never know. (laughs) Especially in Israel, you check the food out. I turn the salad over every once in a while. Make sure there's no shrapnel or something in there. Anyway, and most of us, and that's the biggest thing that happened to me is being an American going over there that we're too naive in America. We need to really wake up that there's bad people out there that want to bring in a nuclear dirty bomb suitcase into our, into our borders, Okay. And they feel like they are doing their God a service, okay? And we just got the report this week that um, uh, Abbas, who's the Palestinian so-called prime minister who has been making feigning, making moves of peace with the government, has recently come out and said, we have 1,000 suicide bombers ready to strike in Jerusalem. Okay, folks, this is the guy that America is pressuring Israel to have peace with. He's no different than Yasser Arafat, and my friends and the unit that I am with are working full-time away from their families right now in the West Bank, going on the offensive to search out these terrorists right now, not waiting for them to strike again and blow up a bus or walk into a cafe, okay? Are you with me, folks? We cannot be naive in this hour. We have to be wise as serpents and harmless as us. And the first place that we cannot be naive is people that bring divisions, people that bring strife, people that bring um, a teaching that is contrary to the word of God. And we've been talking about that. Hallelujah. We talk about that on the phone. We, we've been in fellowship, and we talk about these. What's happening at, in the church right now? is crazy. People seeing angels and call it EMA. Right away, that should be suspect. Ema, you know what Ema is in Hebrew? Mother. And last time I read, all the angels had male names in Hebrew names. What, some angel called Mother came to me? And starts teaching things that are just whacked. You should know right away something's off. Well, something was off. that. So called prophet who really is just a nonprofit corporation, anyway, out there drinking and womanizing. Come on. And having revival meetings. Everybody, ooh, this is awesome. This is God. It wasn't God. God's maintenance was among his people because two or three gathered in his name. But this was somebody who was under the influence of not the Holy Ghost because his name is holy. Oh, it's getting really quiet here. Brother, how do I know if it's God or an angel of light? It's Real simple. (laughs) Moving right along. I could stay there for a while, but we need to keep moving on. But there's smooth and flattering speech. You listen to the preachers today. Man, most of it is just smooth because they want your money. <sighs> to deceive the hearts unsuspecting. Brothers and sisters, look at your neighbor and say, I'm not gonna be unsuspecting. Now, how do we know that they're unsuspecting? Well, I don't mean to, to rag on this, but if you need to hear it, you need to hear it. Most of us in America, our God is our belly whether you're overweight or underweight, doesn't matter. We are led more by our appetite and our lifestyle than we are by the Holy Ghost. So don't listen to these teachings that make you feel comfortable. Okay? Well, I want to be a slave to him, not a slave to myself. Paul says, I buffet my body. I bruise it. I make it my slave, lest after I preach others, I myself be a castaway. And he used the examples of a of a runners, of soldiers, of hard-working farmers, of Olympic athletes. Verse 19, for the report of your obedience has reached to all, therefore I am rejoicing over you, but I want you to be wise in what is good and innocent in what is evil. The best way to be innocent in what is evil is to limit your TV intake. Thank you for your enthusiasm. Come on, Hallelujah. You just can't be overloaded all the time with what's coming out of Hollywood because it's not holy. Come on. Entertainment enters in to attain you. That's the whole purpose of it. To give you an emotional response. Excuse me, I want my emotional response with him. Hallelujah. Trying to help you tonight. I smell some brake pads burning here. Take your feet off the brakes. <laughs> innocent in what is evil. And you know, listen, if, if, if the Lord's correcting you right now, just repent. It's not a big deal. Just say, oh, I'm sorry, man. Help me. Hallelujah. And when you get home, don't be controlled by the controller. Come on. Hallelujah. And when you are innocent and what is evil, and wise, and what is good. Look at verse 20. And the God of Shalom will crush Satan under your feet. I'm talking about taking out darkness tonight. Hallelujah. Glory to God. (laughs) Go with me to the Song of Solomon. Beautiful. In Hebrew, it's Shir HaShirim, which is not the Song of Solomon. It's actually the song above all songs in Hebrew. Glory to God. It is that song of the bride and the bridegroom. Glory to God. Song of Solomon in chapter 3 and verse 6. It says, what is this coming up from the wilderness? Hallelujah. The wilderness in Hebrew is midbar. It's the same place Jesus was tested. Now, this is really awesome. The same Hebrew word for wilderness or desert, midbar, is the same Hebrew word for the holy place in the tabernacle. So the root, the word of the Lord, davar, where we get the word Deborah, word of the Lord, okay? Midbar is the same root in Hebrew, it's the same word wilderness or desert, and it's the same word debir. You don't have to write all that down. <laughs> which is the holy place in the sanctuary of the tabernacle. Hallelujah. So your desert is your holy place. Your wilderness experience where God gets the wild out of us, hallelujah, is our holy place. so And that's where you get the devar, the word of the Lord, is in that desert experience, glory to God, hallelujah. What is this coming up from the holy place, the wilderness, like the columns of smoke, perfumed with myrrh and frankincense, with all scented powders of the merchant. Behold, it is the traveling couch of Solomon, 60 men around it, of the mighty men of Israel. I'm going to show you a video of some of these mighty men of Israel for of our generation. All of them are wielders of the sword, experts in war. Each man has a sword at his side, guarding against the terrors of the night. Hallelujah. So we've seen the very romantic The idea of Christ and his church, of Solomon and his bride, hallelujah, in the most beautiful um, poetic literature of the ancient world, glory to God, of the marriage relationship, we see here war against the terrors of darkness. Woo! Psalms 91. I know you guys can quote it, but let's look at it in a different light tonight. Or a different angle. Psalms 91. Verse 1, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And I, I want I to impart to you guys what I've experienced. Is we, we are living real time every day in the secret place of the Most High. Hallelujah. When we first moved to Israel, um, it was just a real miracle. We don't know who it was. Somebody... Um, Uh, basically paid for our residents, debt-free, hallelujah. So we were able to pay cash, glory to God, for the the place. You've seen the place, glory to God. And we moved right at a location which is the thinnest border of Israel, from the Mediterranean to the West Bank area. It's only 15 kilometers. And it is the main area where most of the terror suicide bombers have come from. And what happened was the British, uh, when the British defeated the Turks, and they set up a, you know, they began to carve up the Middle East. And then the biggest problem in the Middle East is between the, um, the Shiites and the Sunnis, okay, um, and the Kurdish and the Jews. It's those four areas. And what caused those divisions, those tribal wars with one another, you say, why can't they get along in Iraq? Because, you know, why is Saudi Arabia so scared of Iran getting a, a nuclear weapon? It's because the British carved up these areas, Okay. And set up borders based on the French and the British decided after World War One we're going to do this and I'm we'll into a history lesson right now, but one of their borders they set up was called the Green Line, that runs right through the area of Ephraim and Manasseh, okay, and it's an area that is not based on geography but based on all the Arabs that live in this area, which is the West Bank, which actually is Judean Samaria, okay. So why you say why so many Arabs live in in Holy sites is because that's what Islam does. It comes in to wipe out all remembrance of Christianity or Judaism. So you can see that most of the sites in Israel that we read the Bible about are occupied by Muslims. Okay, and that's what they want to do in America too. And they'll wait a hundred years if they have to to do it. Okay, anyway, and so to keep the some of the Jewish populations safe or separated actually so the British could control the Jewish people okay because they favored the Arabs because of the oil money. Are you all still with me? They set up this area called the Green Line okay and I live at the Green Line and the Green Line is a Green Line because at night you see all the green minarets of the mosque and these are the very very hostile um, Arabs that hate Israel that want to kill us, that want to push us in the sea, that do not want us to live there, okay? That's what we have to get in our mind because United Nations, we call it over there, um the United Nothing, okay? (laughs) And America, you know, our president is a secret Muslim. He may not be a practicing Muslim, but I know believers in Kenya and Nigeria that when they get born again, they change their name from Muhammad to Michael. They take on a Bible name. And he never changed his name, Hussein. Think about it. And he comes prancing over to the Middle East and starts, you know, isn't it crazy? May I just make a little commentary here? (laughs) (laughs) You know, they made such, the Democrats made such a big deal about the war in Iraq, Okay. You know, what is this war leading to? Let's get our soldiers out of there. But where's all the noise about Afghanistan right now? Why aren't the same Democrats saying, What are we sending more troops to Afghanistan for? We're tripling the troops in Afghanistan. It's a bigger problem there than ir- Iraq is right now. <laughs> Two faced hypocrites. So, what I'm trying to get is this. <laughs> Hallelujah These people do not want peace, okay? The first thing I learned moving to Israel was not to be naive. The builder of the house looked at me and says, "Scott, I want you to be really awake, okay? Because you live very close to a lot of Arab villages here, and the Arabs can be your friend for 15 years, but you never know when they'll turn on you. He says, "I have my stonemason, the guy that does my stonework and my houses." Um, I've taken care of him for 15 years in this family. He's a great worker. He's not even a Palestinian. He's an Israeli Arab, which is an Israeli citizen. And um, I noticed he started going to the mosque a lot more. And then he came to me one day at work and says, you have to convert to Islam. He says, no way, I'm Jewish. What do you mean convert to Islam? And he says, if you don't convert, I'm going to have to kill you right now. And he says, what? I've taken care of you and your family for 15 years. You've been like my son. And now you want to kill me? And so he used that example to say that when they get into the mosque and they start hearing those demon spirits, okay, it is a spirit. Terrorism is not a religious fanaticism. It is unclean demon spirits, okay? It is demon spirits, and the Israelis need our help, okay? Our police department, our security, our soldiers, our homeland security needs the help, whether they know it or not, of spirit-filled, on-fire Christians who know how to take on darkness and win. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It is a demon spirit. That's all it is. It is a demon spirit. Hallelujah! And so, if God has you in a hospital visitation ministry and you're casting devils out of people, Hallelujah! Glory to God! Just prepare to start taking on bigger devils. Glory to God! Come out, Hallelujah! It should be part of your daily vocabulary. <laughs> oh, Hallelujah! Don't trust them. And I've seen it. You can't trust them. And they're good people, but that spirit gets inside of them. That's it. And that is the problem. It's a spiritual battle in the Middle East right now. Anyway, so I noticed at night that the Israelis where we live were terrified of fear when we first moved there. Why? It's because at night comes the roving bands of the bedouins who steal cars and break into houses and in israel there's a law that you cannot shoot somebody they come in your house you'll go to prison so that gives more strength to these criminals and the israelis ha- it was going on so bad this problem of cars being stolen houses broken into they said well listen my car's stolen actually we leave our car on the street and leave the window open because i want it stolen so i can get a new car I said, what, are you crazy? I mean, don't you, yeah, well, the insurance is gonna buy you a new car, but you, you're gonna have to pay that later at higher rates. Oh no, that's okay, I, I like these new cars. It's like stupidity. And I said, it's wrong, what you're doing. So I called a friend of mine who's CIA, who used to work for the CIA, who does security stuff, and I brought him over and I says, I want you to fit out this house here with uh, all the cameras you can, the, the real nice security cameras, and uh, we're gonna start monitoring the neighborhood. And so all the neighbors started getting really excited, hallelujah, because we put up 16 cameras, infrared, hallelujah, we can read license plates from 500 meters away, glory to God. And suddenly all the car theft ended in our neighborhood. And I could feel during Ramadan, okay, when the demons get really riled up within the natives, okay, that you could feel the darkness of these people coming through the neighborhood. And um, I just refuse to sit there and live in this darkness. Come on, folks. Live, insecure, live in a place of fear. And our job is to bring deliverance to people. Come on, hallelujah. And the Israelis know how to fight. They know how to defend themselves, but they don't know how to take on this lower form of terrorism, which was car thieves and whatever and whatever. I heard somebody's house was broken in here recently. Okay, somebody told me. I mean, you told me. Okay, and you feel, you know, if that happened, you know what I'm saying? Don't let the enemy get into your head about it. Thank you Lord. Thank you Lord. What happens, listen, what happens in martial law? Something breaks out here. Have you thought about that? Yeah, yeah. What happens, food shortage or something? I'm, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but people can turn like animals. We have, to, we cannot fear this realm. We have to be able to conquer it. Hallelujah. Yeah. Oh, Lord, God. How many people have been tormented by fear lately? Come on. Or you, have it this way. You've been encountering more fear than you're used to. This message is for you. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So we began to take on this whole arena of fear. And it was during this time I had two options. To get a 50 caliber sniper rifle and and not sleep at night on top of my roof, okay? (laughs) And have my little boy with the infrared spotting. (laughs) I think we got one coming down the street. (laughs) You can't live like that, you know, you can go about three or four nights with no sleep like that. You know, or we can just, you know, put on all types of metal cages on the windows and everything else, you know. Or we can decide to go after this thing. Hallelujah. So we decided to go after this thing. Glory to God. It was one of the greatest lessons. And it was in this environment that I met a, a, um, a commando, a commander of a very ultra, ultra, kind of like a delta force unit. Hallelujah. And uh, we became very good friends. And I began to tell him that, listen, I'm blowing the shofar that these terrorists, this low-grade terrorist, will be captured. And he told me about a place where they steal the cars and bring them across the Green Line. Even the Israeli police won't go in there because they're afraid to be shot at. Okay, And that the West Bank is controlled by Arab gangs. They're the ones that bring in the drugs and the prostitutes to destabilize Israel. Think about it. Yeah. And so I said, well, let's pray that we catch, catch these people. And so I found out a couple weeks later, he says, we caught him. He says, we were chasing a terrorist. Now listen, I'm going to share some things with you that may, you know, whatever. But I asked him, well, how do you know, a ter- how do you find a terrorist? He says, it's real simple. We look for his boyfriend. Like, what? He says, most Muslim men are homosexuals. You didn't know that, did you? Or bisexual. Because in Arab culture, if you touch a woman, boy, you either get stoned or you have to marry her. And so what they do is they look for their little boyfriends, and that's how they catch most of these terrorists. Folks, come on, huh? These people aren't holy. No. No. You should see how they treat their women. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, moving right along. Yeah. And so we got talking. He says, we we're hunting this terrorist, and we stumbled across a cave. And inside this cave was a chop shop where they were stealing all the cars and selling the parts back to Israeli merchants. And we caught the whole gang of thieves. Wow. And he says, what's in that shofar you're blowing? <laughs> And so we became really good friends. Hallelujah. And as he began to hang out with us and he began to see these miracles, I said, you know, listen, I, Dean, I want to work with your IDF unit. He says, I want to volunteer. He says, you're too old. I says, listen, this is not gray hair. This is silver. It's a difference, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Amen, people? <laughs> I said, I feel this desire to take on evil. Hallelujah. Through the blood of Jesus you know, we can cast out devils. Yeah. He goes, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Okay, well, what are we going to do? I says, well, let me join the unit. He says, we can't join the unit because the government doesn't want to pay for you because you're too old to train you, but I'll let you come with us. Yeah. Awesome. Hallelujah. Yeah. And so I began to go with this unit into the West Bank and different places. Hallelujah. And um, learn all the things they're learning and doing the things for the purpose Are you with me, folks? Come on, hallelujah. Am I going too long here? I'm trying. That's still the introduction. I'm trying to get everybody on the same page. The purpose was, I am going to blow the shofar, hallelujah. I'm going to release my faith that you guys can, and you guys will walk it out in the natural. We'll do the spiritual war. You're the troops on the ground. And you know, I've got more acceptance from these commanders then I have most pastors who go, where are you bringing that twisty horn in here for? You ain't blowing that in my church. That's Old Testament. Get it out of here. <laughs> let's show that video real quick. Kind of give people a little imagery of what we're doing. Um, this one here is just something we put together real quick for you. Um, um, and I'll give some comments about it. But uh, this is a unit. that is called, let's say, a reconnaissance unit. There's only about 120 soldiers in it. Um, You heard about the Gaza War that happened? All the Qassams falling down, and then we went in there, okay, into Gaza in January. Well, this is the unit that went in before everybody else did, before CNN found out about it. And we're really thankful because the commander was at my house crying before I left for three hours, thanking us for all that we've done for the unit. The whole unit came out, nobody was killed. They're really happy about that. And they found all the booby traps and all the tunnels and all kinds of wild stuff there in the Gaza. So, the Lord has opened the door for us to become personal friends with the commanders of some of the most elite units in the Israeli Army. Hallelujah! And it's total God. I can't write about it. I can't talk about it. I can talk about it a little bit right now. All those images the commander released them. Uh, those that base you saw that people don't take pictures of it. So we have incredible favor. Okay. And I was walking through there one night with them, and, and um, you know, I'm like their big brother, like an uncle, you know, hanging out with them. And I was trying to keep up with them at night. I was 40 pounds heavier, <laughs> and I couldn't keep up with them. And I and I tried to find out what they did to keep in shape, you know, and I found out that they did triathlon. Israelis really into endurance sports, you know, to keep in shape. And so I joined a triathlon team, didn't know what I was doing, it was over my head, all those guys there, hallelujah. <laughs> They were laughing at me, all these guys, these Navy SEAL guys, you know, and I was trying to swim. and Anyway, <laughs> I wish I had a video. <laughs> my wife, we were all laughing. I didn't even know how to ride a bike 11 months ago. I didn't know how to clip my feet out of the pedals, and I fell over on a mountain one day, and they were all laughing at me. But I, God, God was in it, you know. And so what happened, the Jew requires a sign, is the Spirit God came on me after about four months of this, and uh, the, the coach of the team says, man, you, can, you should join the Olympic team. And so through, I suddenly started getting really fast, <laughs> and I joined the U.S. Olympic team, I was accepted, and hallelujah, and won a silver medal last month, hallelujah. <laughs> and it's all, these guys are, it's a sign of wonder to them, because they knew how I was before, and I feel the fire of God come on me, you know, beat these guys that are professionals and category one cyclists in a time trial event, and they're like, "How long have you been riding, man?" I said, oh, "About 11 months." <laughs> what? So it's really cool. Okay, if you would have told me a year ago I would have been doing this, I said, "Man, what are you smoking?" There? But so this is one of the little aspects of what's bringing together a community of warriors in Israel. Hallelujah, to is something totally wild. Yeah. So. Um, So as I began to hang out with these guys, I noticed that these are some of the bravest young men and women I've ever met in my life. Every night, they're going into places that, every night, folks, they're going into booby trap situations. Do I need to explain the darkness? You can understand what what they're going into. And I noticed that um, the government pours a lot of money into the aerospace program, missile defense, the Air Force, but the ground troops don't get much money and I saw their exercise room. And it was nothing. They were actually lifting rocks as barbells. And I just felt led, you know. And I told everybody in, in the emails, "Let's do something—a special glory project." Hallelujah. And so that room is part of that glory project. Hallelujah. And um, these guys—I mean, you have to understand—it's like taking the the thorn out of the paw of the lion. The lion becomes your best friend. You know, they called me up and says, "Listen, you know, uh, Shlomo, we want to invite you to something." I said, What's going on? I said, we we have a, a leadership, a special leadership conference. All the big generals were showing up and officers on counterterrorism. He wants you to come. Oh, I can come. Yeah, come on. So I came and they sat Dalit and I in the front row. And so all these and folks, come on. Yes. We have such favor that it's blowing my mind. Yes. And of course they ask us, what are you doing here? Jewish people are very curious. You know, they got big noses. They want put their nose in their business. <laughs> And we tell them, hallelujah. And it's, all I can say to you is, it's something so precious. It's a band of brothers. It's a fraternity. It's a warrior. Hallelujah. And my son actually goes into this unit. He's trying out for this unit this week. He goes into there. And as a parent, listen, as a parent, we have to battle the fear of something happening too, okay? So let's get into this. Hallelujah. Psalms 91. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. Woo! I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. For it is he who delivers you from the snare of the trapper and from the deadly pestilence. Don't ever be afraid of the swine flu or whatever's morphing out there into a different... Okay? He will cover you with his pinions and under his wings... You will seek refuge. Now keep your finger here and go with me to Deuteronomy because this is a direct correlation to the prophetic word that Moses gave, how God took care of the children of Israel in the desert. In Deuteronomy chapter 32, it's a song of Moses. And i encourage you, whenever you see psalms in the Bible, read it prophetically because the word of the Lord comes through the psalms. Hallelujah. A song of Moses or a song of you know the sons of Korah or whatever, you know, Read these things. So it says here in the Song of Moses in verse 8: When the Most High gave the nations their inheritance, when He separated the sons of man, He set the boundaries of the people according to the numbers of the sons of Israel. For the Lord's portion is His people, Jacob is the allotment of His inheritance. He found Him in a desert land, in the howling waste of a wilderness. He encircled him, he cared for him, he guarded him as the pupil of his eye, like an eagle that stirs up its nest, that hovers over its young. He spread his wings and caught them and carried them on his pinions. Hallelujah! Now this is the idea of the Holy Spirit hovering, because the Hebrew word here, that he hovered over them, is the same word in Genesis 1, the Spirit of God moved over the face of the waters. It's the same idea in the Greek concept of the Holy Spirit hovering over the Virgin Mary. She asked, how can this be, I'm a virgin? And the angel said, the Holy Spirit is going to overshadow you, hover over you. Hallelujah. So the greatest miracle outside of creation, which was the Immaculate Conception, happened by the Holy Spirit hovering, okay? And the word is the same word used of a dove hovering before it lands. And here in the wilderness God took care of them. I can take you to this wilderness. There's nothing out there. They needed the air conditioning and fire by night, okay, and the quail and the men and all these things. Because there was nothing out there. And how did he provide for them? By hovering over them like a bird. Hallelujah. And this is the same hovering of how God created everything. So Ark the key and the entrance to the secret place of the Most High, Hallelujah, is to get under the brooding presence of the Holy Spirit. It's not just the maintenance presence, the indwelling presence, but the presence. Like when you come into service like this during worship, you begin to feel his hovering. Amen? That's the sweet spot. Glory to God. That is the entrance to the secret place of the Most High. It's under that cloud, under his hovering presence, that new things happen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And this is how he takes care of us. Amen? Glory to God. Go back to Psalms 91. So, you can walk through the valley of the shadow of death. You can walk into situations like. Now, I wouldn't be doing this stuff. Okay, I have five kids. I got responsibilities. I wouldn't be doing out there p- trying to play G.I. Joe or something. Come on. I'm not having a midlife crisis or something, or I can't go hunting there because it's against the law, so we go hunt terrorists. I mean, come on. <laughs> I feel the fire of God Amen. to Amen. take out the nest of evil. Hallelujah. Amen. Come get you. caught. But in that place, I'm human just like you are. I come up, brush up against death. I brush up against situations that makes your hair crawl, okay? I go into really spooky situations. We go through houses like that. You don't know if some Palestinians are going to throw a frigid air on top of your head or a cinder block, okay, or hot boiling oil or release a a wild dog on a pit bull on you or something. I mean, come on. You don't know if you're going to a booby-trap situation. And so you're facing all the time this fear And people get scratched. People lose it. People go into um, situations. They get angry easy. They get irritated. They get. um, uh, They want to tuck tail and run. Okay. Most Israeli kids don't want to be in the army right now because they see that the political leaders are not like the leaders we used to have. They're too scared by what America's saying to them. You know, the Israeli army is not what it used to be. But there is mighty men of God, David's warriors like these guys, hallelujah, these small units, glory to God, that are really holding the fabric of the, of, the, of the country together. And when we go into situations like this, what gives me the strength is they love hanging out with me. It's like, man, you're fearless, if they only knew. <laughs> but what I draw upon is the hovering presence of God, hallelujah. Well, i get into a situation, holy, holy, holy Lord. And when his, his presence begins to come, hallelujah. Yes. And you're like, yes, hallelujah. Yes. Now, I don't know if you told your wife this, but we took him to the Gaza Strip, okay? <laughs> and uh, you guys didn't really know where you were. I didn't want to tell you, really. <laughs> but just the kilometer over there was all of the demon-possessed, okay? That are shooting these Kassan missiles at everybody. And we went there to help uh, fold up this big flag. We should show the video tomorrow night. And, uh, <laughs> and if you notice, there was no military there because there was a terror alert, and all the military that was supposed to help us fold up the biggest Israeli flag in the world uh, <laughs> were hiding in the bomb shelters, except for rivers and desert <laughs> and our little group, hallelujah. But as we began to pray and blow the shofar, hallelujah, the soldiers came out of the bunkers, by the way, when they heard the shofar. And also, you began to feel angels, you know, you began to prophesy and pray into that situation. And not knowing when we were doing that, we were under the presence of God, you know what I'm saying? But if we really knew what we were doing, we probably would have got paralyzed in fear. But we are under the presence of God. Come on, folks, hallelujah. Woo! (laughs) The weak become strong in his presence. And then suddenly, an hour later, the number one Hamas bomb maker blew himself up accidentally. Woo! And the Hamas got so mad, they sent the largest mortar and rocket attack in one day on our position. Over 50 mortars and rockets fell where we were. And we're all on the way to the restaurant to eat, you know. It's like, okay, let's go have a fellowship <laughs> meal. Another day of church, here we go. Come on, folks. Hallelujah. You see, you got to be people of, the, of his presence. And you can't always rely on yesterday's CD worship music. You can't rely on your iPod, okay? You, what about live? What about real-time worship? What about pulling over your car? Hallelujah. Hallelujah! That's what you got that sunroof for. Hallelujah. You say, how long should I worship? Well, people ask me how long do, should I read my Bible every day? I says until the Bible starts reading you. How, you. how long should I worship for until you break open your emotions? Now, those that are Latino background or Italian or Spanish, okay, they're they're built a little different, okay. They have a little different transmission. They get more emotional than most of the other folks in America, okay. <laughs> We've got to break open our emotions. And that's what Psalms 91 says. Let's go there. It says in verse 3, He'll deliver you from the snare of the trapper, the deadly pestilence. He'll cover you with his pinions. Under his wings you'll seek refuge. Okay, we talked about that already. His faithfulness is a shield and bulwark. You'll not be afraid of terror by night. Amen. The reason most people do not want to come to Israel is because they're petrified by the Clinton News Network. Excuse me, uh, CNN. And you watch the images, you think there's war breaking out there. It is so safe. I let my kids take the bus and taxi at night. It's a different culture than it is here, okay? But I watched, come on, I watched one of the commanders here, they were doing, um, Jewish people are so entrepreneurial, so exciting. They heard on the news, okay, and they know from the Red Sea that there's all these Somali pilots trying to take over the ships, you know. You heard about those Somali pilots, you know. And they said, hey, listen, let's do a course on uh, counter pirates. (laughs) So one of my buddies (laughs) He got these different all these people from Europe together that work on these boats and did a security training institute. They found an old boat in the Haifa Bay and set it up as though they were experts. You know they knew all about this. You know, they really winged it, I tell you. But they took their counterterrorism they learned on land and just applied it to the ship. Okay, and then CNN and Fox News and all these people heard about it and they didn't have a story. Oh, that's that. Is that the video? I guess we could watch it in a little bit if you want. <laughs> it's Friday night. You just, Okay, wait, before we shut me this just finish the story. Oh, hallelujah, help me, Lord. I think like I'm just going all over the place tonight. Okay. So CNN gets there and Fox News. And I like Fox News, okay? However, what I saw, there was no news that day. So they made a story. And I watched the CNN executive and the producer, and I watched the Fox producer, and I said, you guys are the scribes Jesus talked about. You are the most demon possessed people I ever met in my life. And they took a little simple training. They took people from Switzerland and Hungary and Russia that work as you know, on these boats' security and trained them how to keep terrorists off. And it's not a big deal, security. But CNN and these producers made it seem like some big thing was happening in Israel. They took no story and made a story. And then friends of mine in America called and said, Shlomo, you're on that ship. Yeah, we saw that news broadcast, that live broadcast on the ship, on Fox News. I says, it wasn't anything what you heard. Hyperbole. You know what that is? Exaggeration. Don't believe what you see on the news, folks, even if it's Fox News. The little foxes spoil the vine. Come on. They need that advertising dollars. They need the viewership. And, oh, something's happening in Israel. Live. I'm in Israel. We're on a a ship. And we got Somali pirates here. Come on. There was no Somali pirate. Then people call him, Brother Scott, we're praying for you. We heard about that Somali thing going on there in the Haifa. But what do you? You don't need to pray for me. Pray for Fox News. You're the liars. So don't let these things get into your head. The news, come on. The, and that's what happens. The terrors of the night. You know, it may be just a mouse in your kitchen. People think something. somebody's breaking into your house or something. Do not be afraid of the terror by night. How many people honestly are dealing with some terror? One person's honest terror. Anybody else? Come on, folks. Maybe it's about your children. Maybe it's about your job. Maybe it's about the squirrels in your yard. Undermining your trees. <laughs> no, <I'm kidding. laughs> Maybe it's about the unknown. Maybe you look in the mirror and you can't stop the aging process. That scares a lot of people. Come on, folks. We're going to have to deal with fear and we're going to be people that are those that are fearless. Hallelujah. And that's going to be the greatest comfort for our society. When I flew out here, I don't know what it was, but I never met so many people so afraid on an airplane. People were terrified sitting around me. People got their crosses and their worry beads and everything else. And I never saw this before in America. The terror by night. Or you not be afraid of the arrow or the missiles that fly by the day. Let's show you that missile situation. Hallelujah. Verse 6 of the pestilence that stalks in darkness or the destruction that lays waste at noon. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not approach you. But you only look on with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked. For you have made the Lord my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place. Your house has to be the dwelling place for God. You know, it's funny. I walk in some preachers' homes over the, over the years, and I, I'm amazed how many videos and stuff they have that they would never show in church. But they oh yeah, they play do this and let their kids play it and all this stuff. And the... anyway, no evil will befall you, or any plague will come nigh your tent. Since I've been living this lifestyle of being innocent of in what is evil, I'm walking in divine health, folks. Think about it, if you're, if you're suffering some things and you haven't got a victory over it, you've had lots of olive oil put on your head, and a lot of people pray for you, okay, and you have a medical situation, look at your intake of evil. Look at your intake of entertainment. You say, well, what should I watch? If you can't watch it in church right now, you shouldn't watch it at 12 o'clock at night at home. That's it, it's the bottom line. You can get mad at me, but I'm trying to help you. Hallelujah. It feels good to be healthy. Hallelujah. Whoa, glory to God. Saves a lot of money, too. Verse 11. He'll give his angels charge concerning you. Oh, did you find it? Did you find the Gaza Strip? Um, Go to uh, um, counterterrorism. There you go. Uh, Scroll down a little bit. And you'll see... OIT, Syrian border, February ministry highlights. No, go back up. Uh, No, a little higher. Try um, um, glory highlights. There you go. Um, just keep looking through there. When you find the Gaza Strip, just signal me. Just keep opening up those files until you find it. Okay? Verse 11. For he will give his angels charge concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will bear you up in their hands lest you strike your foot against a stone. You'll tread upon the lion and the cobra. The young lion, the serpent, you will trample down. Because he has loved me, I want you to underline the word love here. This is the variable. To receive the Psalms 91 protection we're talking about tonight is based on this Hebrew word of love. And it's, a, it's only used three times in the Bible. It's a very rare Hebrew word. I'm going to break it open for you in just a moment. Therefore, because he has loved me with this rare Hebrew word for love, Therefore, I will deliver him. I will set him or her securely on high because he has known my name. He will call upon me. And I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him, honor him of long life. Woo! I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. In Hebrew, it's I'll show him my Yeshua. Glory to God. Now, verse 14, let's just open this up. The key to being in this place where you do not fear the terrors of a night and all the other multiple fears that fall under that. Because you know what the last enemy is, don't you? Hebrews chapter 2 says the last enemy is the fear of death. So the last enemy is the fear of death. So all other fear, fear of finances, fear of this, fear of that, is, comes from the taproot of the fear of death. So if you're not afraid to die, hallelujah, then you can control everything else that grows out of that. And so how do you overcome that fear? It says in 1 John chapter 4, perfect love drives out all fear. There's that Greek word again, to kick out, to throw, to drive out devils. It's the same word. Perfect love. When you know how much you are loved, hallelujah, it reciprocates love. When you know how much he loves you, it creates a response of love in you toward him. And it, that's, it's that reciprocal response of because he has loved me, it's what cast out that fear. Hallelujah. Yeah. And cast out, which is actually the fear of death, which is the last enemy, chapter 2, of Hebrews. But let's, let's open up this word. It's really a beautiful word. And we're going to pray for you. Because he has loved me, therefore I will deliver him. Hallelujah. Well, just because I'm a Christian already, well, why doesn't God deliver me? Or why does bad things happen to Christians? I don't know. That's God. But I don't have bad things happening to me. But I'm not basing my theology on what I experience. I'm basing it on the Word of God. Hallelujah. And all I know is that we are in a hot spot. Hallelujah. We are. In, we are in a place that is very, very dangerous, that even troops are afraid to go into, okay, unless they have air support. Okay, they usually send dogs in with cameras on their back, this unit, because of what's in these areas, hallelujah, and we pull up in our Hummer, hallelujah, doing shofar drive-bys, glory to God, Amen. and they just love it, <laughs> because God gives us these words of knowledge, where the terrorists are, or where these things are about to happen, hallelujah, and we're having the greatest day for Jewish people open now, hallelujah, <laughs> than I could ever imagine, why? It's because we decided to take on the taproot of the fear of death. And the fear of death is what traumatizes Jewish people right now because of the Holocaust, okay? The Jewish nation was born out of the ashes of the Holocaust. You see the Holocaust survivors there. You know, they're traumatized. The numbers are on their arm. They're traumatized by the riddle of why did God allow the Holocaust? Jewish people, and they say, well, where, where is your God? I mean, why do you allow 6 million denying the Holocaust? And you just say, which Holocaust? Well, in Germany, Poland, no. How about um, 70 AD, over a million Jewish people were killed by the Romans? What about 587, the Babylonians destroyed Jerusalem? Uh, 721, uh, Syria destroyed Samaritans. How about all the babies thrown in the River River Nile during Moses' time? Um, What about the Spanish Inquisition? What about the pogroms? Which holocaust are you talking about? Then if they're open about that moment, then you can take a Deuteronomy and says, well, if you do not love me, then I will cause your enemies to rise up and holocaust you. Wow. So there is a conditional thing here. Why, is there a different God in the Old Testament than there is the New Testament? No. Is he bound by different covenants? No. When he says, I have chosen you of all the peoples of the earth to be my special treasure, I entered into covenant with you, okay? I entered into in in the desert into matrimony with you, and you went whoring after the other gods. And I sent my prophets, and I sent my people, and you stoned them and killed them, and I sent my very own son, I have the right to do to you what I promised, which is I am going to pursue you until I kill you and overtake you, until you come back to me. It's heavy, I know. Because he has loved me, therefore I'll deliver him. Go with me to Deuteronomy. You want to find out how to love him? But once you find out this knowledge, you're responsible. Do you want to find it out tonight? Okay, here we go. Did you find it or not yet? You found it? Okay, we'll show it in just a second. Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 11. Then the Lord said to me, Arise, proceed on your journey ahead of the people, that they may go in and possess the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. You know there's promises that God has promised you that have to be possessed. And we're waiting for God to do it. He's waiting for us to rise up and take it. He goes on and says here, verse 12, And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require from you but to fear the Lord your God and to walk in, in all his ways. Now what is the fear of the Lord? Is it to be afraid of a rattlesnake or afraid of a tornado? And people say, well, it's a reverence. It is a reverence, but that's not the exact translation. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. What is the fear of the Lord? You can write this down. Proverbs chapter 8 and verse 13. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Pride, arrogance, and a froward mouth I hate, says the Lord. So the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Remember, if we're innocent in what is evil, the God of Shalom shall crush Satan under our feet. I have a lot of joy. You know, it's, it's fun to cast out devils. It's fun to take, to take terrorists and cast devils out of them and see them become little, little puppies and love Israel and have little Israeli flags in their hand where before they want to kill Israelis. And Je- I had to be careful because Jesus says, Don't rejoice that the demons are subject to you. Rejoice your names are recorded in heaven. But there is a joy. Hallelujah. The disciples came back with great joy, saying, Even the demons are subject to us in your name. There's a joy in crushing him under your feet. Hallelujah. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, folks. You've got to hate it. You want to clean your house out, just go through your house, start throwing away the videos, start going through all your websites, all these things. Clean it up. Unless you want to keep battling shadows and devils. I like to wake up in the morning and the demons go, uh, 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 he's up, red alert, red alert.
1: (laughs) Hallelujah, (laughs) Lord.
0: Mmm, a, n- a fresh smell of napalm in the morning. Hallelujah.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Woo! <laughs> the fear of the Lord, verse 12, to walk in all his ways and to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul. Now we're getting closer to this Hebrew word here. The word here to love is, is the same word we get agape in the Greek. And here it's ahav, okay? And it's a love that you reciprocate to God, okay? I love you, you love me, we're a happy family. But think about it. If, if the love of God's been shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Spirit and, and we reciprocate that, it's, it's pretty easy to love him because we're responding to his love but there's a deeper place in the contact point between our spirit and our soul. There's an emotional treasure. There's an alabaster box inside of each of us that only we can open that God doesn't open. And this is what he wants us to open to him if we want to be in the secret place. And the Hebrew word here, it's verse 13, to keep the Lord's commandments and His statues which I'm commanding you today. For your good, behold, to the Lord your God belongs heaven and the highest heavens and the earth and all that is in it. Yet on your fathers did the Lord set his affection to love them. That is the first time this Hebrew word is used. You can write it down. It's called choshek, C-H-O-S-E-K. It's only used four times in the Bible. It's so rare. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But it's the key to Psalms 91 protection. Because he has choshek, because he has loved me. Now this word love is not the idea of, you know, you're loving your dog, you're loving your wife, or even loving God. It is an emotional response. And I can't get into you, but you, you have to do it yourself. And you think about, okay, you have to look back, what turns me on, you know? Maybe granola in the morning. I don't know. Your grandkids. I mean, there's all these things in life, right, that people live for. you got to find out what makes you tick and what you really like. Okay, come on. And then turn that affection to him instead. Come on, folks, come on. And you will supernaturally enter in To the secret place of the most high you will supernaturally enter in to not just being afraid of the terror by night and arrows that fly you'll become a rambo or ramboette and all it takes is for you to become like a david or davida okay and open up yourself his brothers were better warriors than him saul had mighty men But David knew how to pour out his heart before God. Hallelujah. And it was because of him opening up his affections unto God. Come on, hallelujah. He was able to enter into a place of warrior service. That's incredible. God sets his affection upon us. What do we have to do? Verse 16, circumcise your hearts and stiffen your neck no more. When his spirit begins to brood over us, when he begins to woo us, we began to recognize our destiny is in him. When we began to meet our Creator. Hallelujah. Brad and I were talking last night about when we first got saved in the seventies and eighties and how we, our formative years in the glory and how Keith Green and some of those different ministries back then, their music, just really affected us. Hallelujah. The radicalness. Amen? Yeah. And then when you you know we talk about today, if Keith Green was alive today, what would he <laughs> You know what I'm saying? He'd be turning over the tables even more. And I don't want to fall away from that sweet spot. I don't want to fall away from that first love experience. I don't want to fall away when he came. Hallelujah. And it's not that some people may have been raised in church. I was never raised in church. Okay, Jesus came to me in my dormitory room. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And I was, I, I was afraid. I was fearful. I had a visitation of the glory of God. I didn't learn his love until later. And, you know, I just began to devour the word of God and I began to, I was addicted to his glory, hallelujah, and, and I never changed. But I don't want to get to a place where my emotions become stale before him. You know, it's very difficult to preach right now because you're very blessed here because we don't have worship like this in Israel. Israel is a desert. Most of the believers are hiding out in homes in basements, the messianic congregations that are moving along are pretty much dead. Pretty much, and the churches that are in Jerusalem that really cater to the international tourists that come through are dead, okay? And it's so refreshing to be come out of that desert and to come here and just listen to three or four songs, hallelujah, and like, wow,
1: hallelujah, hallelujah.
0: And I look around and some people are not enter- entering in for whatever reason. And I'm like, if you only knew. If I take you to Israel for two years and you come back here like, oh, glory to God, it's so strong here. I walk in the door this morning, I'm like, whoa, the glory of God's residual in here. And other people walk in like, well, that's just air conditioning, brother. No, he's here. <laughs> don't take it lightly with his presence that's here. Hallelujah. circumcise your heart. Stiffen your neck no more. For the Lord your God is the God of gods, the Lord of lords, the great, the mighty, the awesome God who does not show partiality or take a bribe. Go with me to Isaiah. This word is used. When Hezekiah makes some bad mistakes and opens up the treasuries, to the envoys from Babylon, and the prophet Isaiah says, set your house in order, you're going to die, okay, and so Hezekiah, in verse, in chapter 38, is supernaturally healed, and in that place of healing, we can see where he got his healing, because the only, the The only time from now on in the Bible this word is never used again because Israel Israel is never capable of entering into this love because they were so far backslidden. The rest of the word, the rest of Isaiah, the rest of the prophets, Daniel, Micah, Amos, is all apocalyptic of the future days because Israel had rejected God's promises. But it says here in verse 17 of chapter 38, he's crying out and he says, Lo, for my own welfare I had great bitterness. It is thou who hast kept, and it's a Hebrew word, koshek, hast loved my soul from the pit of nothingness. Hallelujah. Now you can choose tonight to open up your emotions, your deepest point of who you are. We have beautiful carpet. We don't have to close the building tonight, do we? (laughs) You got your own facility here. And you can open up your heart. Some of you drove in from other places. You can open up your heart, okay? And don't let the kids pull you out of this. Okay, I have five kids. I don't know what I'm talking about. I have five teenagers. I have a 14-year-old girl who always thinks she's 35 already, had her whole life planned. I have a lot of activity in my house, but you have to find this place where you're not letting your kids pull you around. Or your dog or cat at home. <laughs> You've got, and this is a great environment. Hallelujah. Amen. You're in a church here where the leadership wants this to happen. Amen. Where you open up yourself. Or if you don't do it, either now or when, in your own personal time, He will bring you to the point of nothingness. People say, well, I met God on my deathbed, or I had cancer, or I was in a car wreck, or I was this, or, you know. And, well, why did you have to wait for that to happen? See, God says, we have ways of making you talk. <laughs> look at Jonah and the gastric juices of the big old fish. You know, if there's problems in your family, just, maybe there's a Jonah in your boat. Maybe you need to look at your husband or wife or one of your kids saying, "You're."
1: The Jonah.
0: I'm going to throw you in the ocean right now. You see, brothers and sisters, Hezekiah made some big mistakes. And it was in this place where he was mortally ill, dying, in the place of nothingness, going into that zone which every human fears and mysterious about. That's why all these shows, you see these advertisements just in the airplane. It's disgusting. This, these forensic shows? I'm in Israel. They're not even into that stuff. You come here, it's like everybody's, uh, it's like the primetime shows are all these murder shows. Why? Are people into blood and guts and police detective work? No. They're wondering to know this mysterious realm, what happens when you die. It's the Come on, it's the last. Come on, go with me to Hebrews 2 as I conclude. Come on, are you with me? Yeah. Hebrews chapter 2, and verse 12. I'll proclaim thy name to my brethren. In the midst of the congregation, I'll sing thy praise. Again, I'll put my trust in him. And behold, I and the children whom God has given me, the rest of that quotation is in Isaiah 8, are for signs and wonders. Hallelujah. Since then, the children, verse 14, share in flesh and blood. He himself likewise partook of the same, that through death he might render powerless him who had the power of the death, that is the devil, and might deliver those who through fear of death were subject to slavery all their lives. Just take an inventory, audit your life, and look and say, am I making these decisions based on fear? You remember when we were in high school? We were under such peer pressure how we dressed and how we looked. Think about that. We make decisions based on fear more than we do faith. It says 365 times in the Bible fear not, one for every day. Think about it. Listen, the woman, the daughter, the woman had her daughter die. And Jesus, what did he say? He said, Don't be afraid, just believe. Look, they were on the boat in the shadow of death. These guys were drowning. That was it. And I've been on the Sea of Galilee when these storms come. He said, fear not. And then he gets in the boat and says, where's your faith? You see, brothers and sisters, God's looking for champions right now. Like a Moses. You know, Moses was, he was a murderer, a felon. He didn't want to do it. And God came to him and says, I'm going to kill you. God came to Moses and said, I'm going to kill you. Why? Because he didn't circumcise his two sons. Can you imagine that? He has a burning bush experience and God's coming next to kill him. And then Moses would say, send my brother Aaron. That was a mistake. And then we see this man become this incredible prophet in Egypt. Hallelujah.
1: Come on, folks. Hallelujah.
0: And all the people are complaining and the Egyptians are coming after him. And God says, turn your staff towards, stretch it
1: out over the sea. Come on.
0: We're talking about signs and wonders that we all sing about and we wish about. Why? Because people transverse out of human fear into supernatural faith. Hallelujah. Come on. Hallelujah. Because they knew this place of God's secret place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And most of us don't know this place until we're in a bad situation. And we cry out. And then God delivers. And I'm like, oh, praise God, hallelujah. Why wait for that to happen? Why not just open up our emotions now? Why not just go for it? Take the bungee jump, but don't look and see if there's a quarter on your ankle. Hallelujah. <laughs> Let's take a free fall this weekend. Hallelujah. This stuff is all fun and it's exciting and I can't wait to get back, hallelujah. Glory to God. But I like this, Hoshek. I like this place, hallelujah, where I can break up the fallow ground. Right now, see, all the agricultural patterns in Israel, all the feasts of God, of the Bible, are based on the agricultural patterns of the Middle East, not the agricultural patterns here or China, okay? Israel is the pattern for the Bible. And right now is the time where it's really hot and really dry, and uh, the mangoes are coming in. Wow, I used to taste the mangoes in our yard. Whoa, man, hallelujah. And things are coming, and now the farmers are out there. As I was leaving, in the hot weather, they're breaking up the fallow ground. In August heat, they're breaking up. We haven't had, it hasn't rained since April. And they're breaking up the fallow ground. Why? Because in less than eight weeks come the latter rains. Hallelujah. The rains start coming in for the feast. but It always starts to rain when Tabernacle shows up. It's amazing. It's just incredible how the, the feasts are so prophetic. And right now is the time in our lives. We just came out of Tishba'av, which is, um, is the morning of the destruction of the temple. Um, the Spanish Inquisition. Both temples were destroyed on the same date in August, by the way. I don't know if you knew that. And so it's kind of a national day of mourning in Israel. And it's a great time to inject yourself, hallelujah, with breaking up your own fallow ground. Glory to God. So I just tonight, the, to start these meetings out, the Lord spoke to me to deal with fear. And how to deal with fear, okay, to run the devil off, hallelujah, is by you opening up your emotions to Abba. Okay, it's not up here. I don't know if you were raised in a Christian family. Maybe you were and maybe... You're just kind of drafting on your parents' faith, or You've always been raised in church and just somewhere in that place you got saved, you know. And you can remember you got water baptized and went to Sunday school and all this stuff, you know, but you never really had an experience with God. Maybe you had different moments, but you never can say, I I had a real (laughs) epicenter. Why not tonight? Why not this weekend? Why not this weekend be a watershed moment? where you knew that you broke yourself open. I remember what happened to me in Connecticut, Assembly of God Church, Berean Assembly of God. The carpet is still stained. <laughs> where I all night wept and cried, hallelujah, and God knocked the snot out of me, hallelujah. Not because I was doing anything bad, but because I knew I was moving into a place. I didn't want to go to Israel. I didn't want to deal with stiff-necked Jewish people. And God was messing me up, Hallelujah. And even to this day, oh yeah, that's where Scott Holtz died. You see that spot? Don't clean it up. That's where he died. (laughs) I died, hallelujah. How did I die? It wasn't just not my will, but your will be done. It's a place where I did not want to drink this cup. See, we talk about the blood that Jesus shed at Calvary. Why are we talking about that? What about the first fruits at Gethsemane? His blood he shed. It's sweat that poured out of him as blood as he became the sacrificed lamb. And he says, Lord, I take this cup from me. The Son of God, the Messiah, the Word, the Logos and flesh went through the same human suffering we went through. And he said, take this cup from me. You know when God's telling you to do something, you don't want to do it. That's the sweet spot of the secret place right there. You say, "Well, wow, well, you went to Israel. All these things happened. I didn't want to go to Israel. I'm not gonna sit here and lie to you. I didn't want to go, but I knew I would encounter darkness. I knew my comfort zone would be infringed on and dis- <laughs> evaporated. I knew that we would go through things. I knew that we, our children, our children right now are going, are struggling, going to pray for our kids. They're in a new culture, and they're, you know." They got to learn Hebrew, and they're going through a period where oh, I want to go back to America. I miss Dunkin' Donuts and all this stuff. (laughs) (laughs) It's just natural, you know. But it's not an easy land to live in, folks. And now I, I, you know what I did before I left the day the day before I left. I was cleaning out the bomb shelter. Every house in Israel has a safe room. There's a bomb shelter, reinforced walls, airtight for chemical warfare, and they're go- the, the, the security patrols are going through the neighborhood with loudspeakers telling us where to pick up our, our gas masks now and to get your bomb shelters ready. Come on, folks. Why? Iran. Iran is the center, the prince of Persia is the center of all demonic activity right now on earth. They feed Hezbollah, Hamas, they destabilize, destabilize everything going on. It's the center. They want another holocaust. And their leaders are totally demonized. And they are ready to attack, they want to attack. They want to create this prime minister of Iran this President of Iran is apocalyptic, and they're describing on the Israeli news how he believes he's doing Muhammad a, 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 a job a favor by initiating this apocalyptic design that's supposed to come and Islam rule on the Earth. They're not building nuclear for energy. They have the third or second largest oil reserves in the world, folks. They're building it to take out a little country the size of New Jersey. We are surrounded by over 100 million Muslims that want to kill us. You understand that? Most of our gross national product of Israel is spent on defense. Our children, every one of our children. Here we have a luxury of choosing what school we go to. In Israel, you get your draft papers when you're 16. And you go where they tell you to go. Every person, unless you get out of it, okay? With a fake medical condition, or you act like you're Orthodox Jew and don't want, to, don't want to be it. Every woman, every young lady, 16, 17 years old, training, getting ready for the army, 18, instead of going to college, everybody, male or female, walking around with automatic weapons. So, how many people have been to Israel before? How many people have not been to Israel? Whoa! You got to come, hey, amen? We got to do a, a special California tour for you. Now, we will take, we'll keep you away from the swamp water religious sites, okay? Where you get the malaria of religion, okay? We will take you to the real cool places. Amen? Woo, hallelujah. We'll do shofar drive-bys. Take you to some of the best restaurants you can ever imagine. As soon as I see Brad at the airport, he goes, Wow, I can't wait to go back to Israel. Man, talking about that one restaurant, the Dex. That's good food, wasn't it? Take you places where we'll stop at the valley of Latrun and say, see this valley? Yeah.
1: Wow, what happened here? This is where Joshua
0: called the sun to stand still. Mm-hmm. And see that hill over there? That's where David killed Goliath. Yeah. And see that over there? It's the best falafel in Israel. Let's go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we have fun. And we'll stop by some of these bases. Hallelujah. And you guys will see these people and you're just like You'll sit there and look at them and say, they're not just, you know, we have a good army in America, but these people are, are chosen by God. They're like David's mighty men. What do you get around them? Yeah. Hallelujah, folks. So we're in an age and we're in an hour before Jesus returns. There's coming an awakening in Israel. Paul says it's going to be like life from the dead, Romans chapter 11. And everything apocalyptic in the Bible hinges on this awakening. Hallelujah. And that Jesus is not coming back until the cities in Judea, until Israelis in Israel say, Baruch haba Blessed are you come in the name of the Lord. He said, I'm not coming again until you say. Not talking about us. It's talking about the Jewish people. Until you say, Baruch My wife is working the other end. Hallelujah. Where the lady that you saw up there, and you'll see on the video in a second about the Gaza Strip, um, she has now built the largest Jerusalem flag in the world. It's five times bigger than this flag. And it's so big we came and put it on an airplane. 747 or cargo plane cannot carry it, so we have to ship it over. And the Israelis were amazed that all these Filipino sweet people are <laughs> in, the, in, in the Philippine government wouldn't let them build it because they're afraid of the Muslims in the South. And so they secretly had to go into the jungles and with these little sewing machines and generators. Can you imagine that? And put this flag together. And this is what's blowing Israelis' minds, is because, uh, can I keep on going a little bit here? See, at first, we come with our Western style Apologetics try to convince people that God loves you and He's forgiven you and His sons died. And, and, and in the Middle East, it doesn't happen like that. Most of the Arabs I know that are getting saved right now get saved because Jesus comes to them and scares the snot out of them. And don't listen right now in the Gaza Strip, there's revival. Hallelujah. There's, there's 20,000 believers, new believers in the Gaza Strip. I've been in the churches in the West Bank. Hallelujah. Where we go in secretly. Hallelujah. Incognito, okay? And uh, they're thriving. And most of the Muslims getting saved is because of signs and wonders. Usually a dream or vision. It's very interesting. Are you with me? Hallelujah. Boy, I don't want to share too much. Folks, all I can say to you is that never in my entire life, and we were in New York City. My wife had a dream of both the towers coming down nine years before it happened. We have the piece of paper she wrote it on that uh, she saw these angels fly over in a dream and a vision in the night with big swords in her hand. They were positioned over the trade centers, and God spoke, and the angels dropped their swords in both trade centers. They didn't fall over. They imploded. Nine years she saw this before it happened. And then there was this, in the thing, there was being shakings upon America began to happen after that. But all the believers were safe, by the way. All kinds of stuff being hit North America, cataclysmic shakings began to happen. But the believers were always safe. And then in that place, we went into Israel. And, uh, and it was like the beginning of the end, meaning like this apocalyptic grand finale, Jesus coming back somewhere in the mix of all this. Hallelujah. And right now in Israel, they are preparing for Gog and Magog. You read Ezekiel about Gog and Magog. Russia, the bear, has not changed. Okay? And uh, Israel is preparing for a war. And as I told you earlier, when I left, I cr- I wept because I left my family and my five kids there. They'll be fine. My wife can shoot better than I can. She's a <laughs> 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 She's tough. Anyway... But I wept here. I have to clean out the bomb shelter, you know. And just today, in the, in the, I found out from in Israel that the Joint Chiefs of Staff and all the military heads had one of a rare meeting they all met today. Now I know what's happening. When you pull everybody out of their job descriptions and protecting the borders and you pull them on to Jerusalem to meet, I know what's going on. There's about to something happen with Iran really soon here. They also pulled out Israel's uh, nuclear fleet. They have, I don't know if you knew that they have. we have nuclear submarine, diesel powered, but we have nuclear weapons on submarines. They pulled those into the Red Sea a few weeks ago. And the uh, first time in history Egypt allowed Israeli warships to go through the Suez Canal. Because Egypt and Saudi Arabia scared of Iran. And so what's holding us back is Washington. All this shuttle diplomacy, all these people coming over from Obama's administration threatening us. You know, I just like, it doesn't make sense, you know, I mean, here, we'll do the work, we'll do it better than you. There's a funny shirt in Israel, it has an F-16, Israeli F-16, it says, don't worry, America, Israel's behind you. <laughs> 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 but if you understand, the Israeli, the, the, psy- the ethnos, the psyche of the Israeli is tough. Sabra, we can do it. You know, they know everything. They have answers for everything. And their survival, they're into endurance. That's why they're into triathlon so much. Folks, we're at the moment, hallelujah, where we're going to see the greatest awakening hit the Jewish people. There's a smell to revival. You know, in a few weeks, a few months, I'm not sure how much, when your fall begins here, you begin to smell fall in the air, you know, harvest time. And you just know before it happens, you can just smell it. The sun starts, you know, going down a little bit late earlier you can tell there's a change in the season i can smell revival i've been in two revivals before in a college revival but also in the revival in new york city when the jewish people that's where we blew the shofar at the chief rabbi's headquarters and he died 60 seconds later you can you all probably read that
1: i know that smell and i'm telling you right now that
0: smell is in israel right now you can smell it hallelujah <laughs> You can smell. So, what we're doing our best is to position ourselves. Hallelujah. Because we're not there to build a big building and invite people in. That's, that's not the way to do it in Israel. It's all about tribal small groups, okay? It's all about family. It's all about um, uh, small groups. Are you with me? Hallelujah. And so, we got the leaders. They're here. You saw some of them in the pictures here. They're ready. Hallelujah. I'm ready. Let's go. <laughs> Let's show this video real quick. Oh, Your pastor, risking his life on the Gaza frontier. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you'll be able to do it. Okay, basically what that says, and that's how we can't pull it up. It's just a, it's a, it's an introduction about what happened that day, and this is the actual Jerusalem Post report of what happened, and then it's a snippet, and we go in and say this is the story behind the story, of why the largest missile barrage in Israel's history fell in one day and we explain what happened.
1: Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, open up our emotions to you tonight. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord.
0: Gaza border, with the uh, large Israeli flag again, to proclaim the glory of God, the justice of God upon what's happening here, hallelujah, stay tuned, enjoy these images, spirit of justice, let it fall upon you that are watching, to go into your area, your area's responsibility, your sectors, of spheres of influence, to bring the glory of God, the justice to rain down like a river. Righteous like an ever-flowing <laughs> stream.
1: Hallelujah. Rise
0: up. It's time to rise up and follow what God is doing in this hour. Where's my shofar? Hallelujah. Wow. Is there a way to minimize that? Raise the oh,
3: megandavid of Yeshua, Messiah. See how big that flag to is? Declare to the world.
0: This is the largest Israeli See, flag everybody in everybody the there?
4: I was born in Jerusalem in 1980. I lived a normal, regular Israeli life. I went to the army. After the army, I went to my, to my trip abroad. I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. After this guy is a the believer trip, now, by study, the way. What do I study? I decided I'll go and study my first degree in communication. And I went and it said to be a great experience. I leave my parents' home. I live in a kibbutz. I have my bag and I go and play the guitar. go to school, study. Great uh, potential for a great life. But and then I came and the first week I was standing on the grass in my kibbutz and I was enjoying. It. I said, "Wow, I'm in heaven. This is what I wanted to do." And then suddenly an Apache uh, helicopter above my head. I don't know where I am. Ta 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 Shooting. And I said, "Where am I?" And I started to check, and I realized that I'm on right on the border with Gaza. If you go to Sderot or that area or even here, and there will be an alarm. It's not an alarm like your your alarm clock, let's say, rings. It's it's. It fills up the air. It's like a scream. And then everybody knows that they have 15 seconds to try and hide somewhere. Now, I'm not talking about myself, a grown-up person, which I was in the army and things like that. I'm talking about the kids that have a different uh, conception of life. I mean, all of the country, the news, a bomb fell outside Gaza Strip, no injuries and no casualties. But actually, the injury is not, uh, and the casualties are not supposed to be uh, uh, measured by death and casualties. (laughs) When I go out of my house and I'm afraid walk in my garden and kids go like this with the parents and they're afraid that's the real damage i mean i don't care about the case notice yes, the, ten fear, people the fear from the of death and hundreds more die in the car accidents but living a daily daily un- uh, knowing that i don't have a roof above my house and i don't want to leave not because i'm a patriotic like you which i really appreciate i, I love this area i just want to stay there because i love uh, my garden i planted the passion fruit uh, tree I have my cats. I like taking my shower and opening my door with my towel and watering the garden. But it's all surrealistic because at that same moment, last week, if you if you know near Am, outside my house, so a bomb fell and my windows shattered. Then I, I go out of the pastoral and say, Oh, where am? And after five minutes, I come back to myself. And another ten minutes after, alarm. Ah, that's the life here. And uh, and right, Gaza is right here. And if we would stay here another few hours, we would probably see rockets flying to our uh, direction. I don't know what has to be done, but I, I switched my mind since I moved here from Jerusalem. Something changed, and uh, I don't take things for granted. When I was in Jerusalem, I just lived my regular life. Went to school, ate, drank, went out. But since I live here, I feel there's a meaning for me just being here. you know. And, you called and I called Sister Grace because I heard about the flag in Masada, and I, I wanted to do it here uh, as a symbolic act because... Uh, and let's say we w- let's not talk about the government. Our people, Israelis, our brothers, we, which fight together in all Israeli wars, don't fight the basic war about uh, you know helping people live their land and, and work the agriculture. The, it's so absurd that the army gave instructions to all the farmers in this area: don't work your crops five kilometres from the field. Are you crazy? And then in Tel Aviv they say, oh, the prices of, the, of strawberries are up. Of course they are, you stupid, because if you deal with the bombs, we could work our fields and make food for everybody. So it's like, I don't know. I have nothing to say. I'm just a person, and people like me, all, everywhere, just do something, do something, do something. And nobody wants to leave, because we love this place. So I asked Grace to come here and unfurl the flag. And yesterday we looked at Google Earth, like I told you, and we saw this area, and we wanted to put the flag on it and send you a gift, yes. like as if it was taken from Google Earth. And we saw, and we said... And we, we felt something, he, my cousin is religious, he comes from a very religious uh, family, and he looked at this area and then he said, wow, my God, it looks like the Temple Mount. The, <laughs> the altar should be there, the altar should be there. And uh, and uh, if he saw it and he felt it, so it's, uh, so I don't know, since Grace came to Israel, I see, I, I'm going crazy. Okay, yesterday we, we finished with the flag and she did hallelujah with the shofar and the sun came out.
3: What we will be doing is an act of, uh, we, we burned all the Balaam's, all these idolatries that was printed in the, in the internet, and act before the, because we will be doing here the largest Ten Commandments tablet somewhere here. And it will be uh, marked as a, the largest Ten Commandments in the world by the Guinness World of Record in the next one month. And uh, we will be doing it. And before doing that, God instructed me in Amos that we need to burn the symbolically the source of idolatry in the whole world is in the internet. So I got printed all of them and got all the people yesterday and burn it as a declaration. You Satan cannot fool us. You Satan, you are destroyed by the blood of the Lamb of Yeshua Messiah. But the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Lord, where is the address? Israel. I said, wow. And coming here is 18 hours. And we are a third world country. We are starving. Uh, My business, uh, my, my people are not eating. Okay. But God said, start it in my land. Because in my land, All the world, this is the backbone, the spiral cord of the world. Whatever they see in Israel, it will. And if Israel will be healed, all the nations will
0: be healed. Your friends, partners, in Western Europe, Canada, Isles of the Sea, America, South America, listen very carefully. We are commanded in Isaiah chapter 40, Yeshiyahu, to comfort ye, comfort ye, my people. Tell her that her sins are forgiven, her warfare is ended, okay? We're not just to proclaim the good news of the gospel. That's premier, number one, that people's sins are forgiven here. We're here to proclaim their warfare is ended. We're at the very height of war, a war of attrition, a war of terrorism. Daily, you heard from the young Israeli man, okay? You heard from our dear sister from the Philippines. Our group is gathered here, okay? They would not even bring soldiers here today because they're all hiding in the bomb shelters right now under the, the order of the, the military commanders. It's a high, high high-level intensity warfare here right now. We have decided to come here, stand in the gap just a few hundred meters from the border of Gaza, okay, at a military installation, set up this huge flag so as the pilots and attack helicopter pilots, uh, F-16 pilots, whatever, transport pilots fly over, they'll be encouraged before they enter into um, hostile airspace just a few hundred meters away. They will see the huge Magan David. But I want to show this. We're here to help tell them. Comfort you, comfort you, my people. How can we comfort them, okay? You've got to click with this paradigm shift right now. It's not just a proclamation of the gospel message we've been doing, okay, for 2,000 years. It's now to proclaim to them your spiritual warfare has ended. What spiritual warfare? The warfare of terrorism. The last enemy to be put under our feet is the fear of death, okay? If we can come in and living this lifestyle and take on terrorism, a spiritual enemy, okay, that's manifesting in the natural realm, terrorizing, pulverizing people here, okay? The whole ethnos of Israeli society right now being terrorized. We can cancel this assignment of the enemy. And our warfare is been ended, and thus fulfill, comfort ye, comfort ye, my people. What is the next verse? A voice is crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. We must neutralize the fear of the enemy the warfare that prepares the way for the John the Baptist type message Elijah okay to prepare the, for the second coming of the Messiah are you catching it you pitching? Verste? okay hallelujah here we go let's do some action now spiritual warfare, start praying here we go it's 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 a to think it's a new paradigm it's something new okay it's a spiritual battle okay against satan against satan
4: i love you <laughs> i love all these people and
0: and we and here, here listen Look at the goyim that are here. They're here because they love Israel. They love us. Why? They want to help stop the warfare. It's a spiritual warfare, and then it manifests in the natural. So you guys ready? Yes, of course. course. Let's go. Let's go. Now, we're entering into the secret place because uh, I feel angels watching right now. The blood of now, grace enters into Choshek. She opens up her emotions here. Doesn't even know it, and it really brought about the secret place of protection. bomb maker blew himself up in Gaza right now.
5: the angels of the Lord, around this parameter. And what was released through the blowing of the shofars was the spirit of justice. And I felt the Lord saying to me that because of what we did today, that the warnings, the alerts, it's not going to be what they think it's going to be. That the enemy is not going to be able to get away with today what he thought was going to get away with today or tonight, because of what was happening here. There has been a a spiritual hindrance against the enemy based on what happened here today. God heard it. I felt also that the angels around this parameter were waiting for us to get here, to be released To set forth the decree of God coming forth from our mouth. They were waiting for us to get here. Beloved, this is a spiritual war. I also felt that the Lord was saying to the American believer, the American Christian. Calling them back to duty. It's time for us to get back into war. We've been asleep Most of us know this, but you have to come to Israel to wake up. It's not going to be good enough to go to conferences and listen to popular preachers talk about it. You have to experience it. And I'm here, and I'm experiencing And I'm telling you. It's a wake-up call. Justice has been released today. We're going to see tonight the Katushas, the rockets and all that. It's not going to be what they, th- they think it's going to be because the angels of the Lord have been released to hinder it in Jesus' name.
0: Here, just a couple couple hundred meters from the Gaza border on a military base, uh, as the shofars are blown now, the different army units are coming, marching out. As I was blowing the shofar, I sensed uh, not only just what Pastor Brad sensed, I sensed the angelic presence here, very strong. I, and also I sensed very, very strong uh, justice coming. That enough is enough and that God is shifting and moving this area. Let God arise, let his enemies be scattered. So this is the uh, Jerusalem post for the next day. That when the prayer was going on, the shofar and all this, that the master terror bomber was brought to justice. And uh, <laughs> but I, I wanted to show this because I, didn't, I forgot about Grace praying like that. But notice how she opened up her spirit, the choshech, the emotions unto God. And it enveloped us with the protection. But there was no soldiers there at that time. They all were hiding in, the, uh, in the, the bomb shelters because they knew an imminent attack was coming. But when the last blast of the shofar sounded, Dalit said, look, and the soldiers were all coming out to help us. They heard the trumpet, hallelujah. <laughs> and that's just a little glimpse of what's happening. But we have more for you tomorrow. But right now, let's go into the koshek, hallelujah. Because he or she has loved me, therefore I'll deliver him and set them on high Father we want to thank you for this night hallelujah thank you for this gathering of your people here in California hallelujah I thank you in this time of shaking in California the time of economic shaking I thank you that you're raising up a remnant hallelujah you're raising up a bride (laughs) glory to God you're raising up rambos and ramboettes that have no fear, that live and breathe to do your will. Oh! Teach us how to break open our hearts tonight, Lord. Teach us how to fear you and hate evil. Forgive us, Lord, for things we've been doing or haven't been doing. Cleanse us from things we've said or haven't said. Sins of omission or commission. Bring us into a new place tonight, Father. This weekend will be a watershed for many of us. Hallelujah. That not only will we get an upper hand on the terror of the night, on the fear that may be plaguing us, but it will be a new beginning of financial breakthroughs. Hallelujah. A new beginning of healings. A new beginning of taking care of the temple. And getting off the excess weight. Changing the diet. Hallelujah. Fashioning our temples to be those instruments of war in this hour. We thank you for renewing our strength like the eagle. Hallelujah.
1: In the mighty name of Yeshua, we worship you tonight, Lord. We worship you.
0: congregation there's an angel there's a lampstand over every god-ordained church and then the angel the lampstand hallelujah of this congregation is to anoint sons of fresh oil hallelujah in the book of Zechariah it talks about the two angels at the altar and it says in the literal Hebrew these are the sons of fresh oil hallelujah and the purpose of this church being raised up the purpose of Um, Pastor Brad and his family moving here. The purpose of you being gathered here. Even the purpose of you who cleaned the chairs, hallelujah, and labored in bringing this place together is to anoint fresh sons and daughters of fresh oil. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And there is a connection with Israel. God is going, God doesn't look for the big armies. He looks for the small Gideon bands, hallelujah. And there is a Gideon band of warriors that are in this church, and, and there is a connection with this thing with Israel. And this is not just about an offering. This is not about just praying. This is about seeing Jesus return. Hallelujah. And seeing a harvest of Jewish people and Arabs come in. Glory to God in this hour. Woo! And we've been there for two years, folks, and we have no bad report to bring. Hallelujah. It's all good. Hallelujah. Get your passports ready. Hallelujah. <laughs>
1: Oh, hallelujah.
0: Thank you, Lord. Lord, I pray for those here that have a problem, an addiction with cable TV, satellite, inordinate amounts of surfing and just reading on the Internet. Break in the name of Jesus. That stronghold in the mind, that stimulus, we thank you, Father, replacing it with your glory, with fresh oil, with a desire to read the word, a desire to witness, a desire to visit the orphan and the widow, a desire to do the works
1: of the kingdom in this hour. Hallelujah. We thank you for it tonight, Father. We thank you for it. Lord. We come
0: against the fear that torments our lives in the name of Jesus. We come against the fear of finances, the fear of lack, the fear of change, the fear of, of the unknown, the fear of, of what the doctor may say, the fear of what comes in the mail, the bills, the fear of what our children may be doing or not doing, the fear of that is tormenting our society of future attacks, of wars and rumors of wars. We thank you that perfect love drives out all fear. We thank you for driving that fear out of us, Lord. Every root,
1: every stronghold, every tie in the name of Jesus. Oh, you love us. We love you so much. Cor-
0: The Lord showed me there's a a couple men here tonight that your wives have really been praying for you. And you haven't made the full step to surrender
1: all for Jesus. This is the night, brothers. Hallelujah. This is the night to enter into the greatest adventure you could ever imagine. It begins tonight at the altar. Hallelujah.
0: You have a discontent in your heart about your job. Not fully happy with what's the... Give it
1: up to Him totally and watch Him take you on the greatest adventure you could ever imagine. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. The Spirit is wooing you home tonight. The Spirit and the bride say, come. He who is thirsty,
0: come. Come and take waters without cost. For being a part of Rivers in the Desert International, I'm listening to our message today to you. Perhaps you have a friend, perhaps yourself are sitting there and wondering, where would I go if I died today? We'd like to give you a great privilege of praying with us and leading you to a knowledge of Jesus the Messiah.
1: The Bible says if any man or woman would call upon the name of Jesus, they would be saved. The Greek word for saved is healed, delivered. It's a wonderful
0: promise. You're there now in your automobile, perhaps at home listening. Go ahead and pray this
1: prayer with me. Say, Dear Father, I ask you in the name of Jesus to forgive me of my sins. The
0: Bible says, if anybody would call upon your name, they would be saved. I'm calling today, Lord. Save me. Forgive me. Cleanse me. Take all of my sins and cast them into the sea of forgetfulness. Father, I'm coming, running home to you now.
1: In your name I pray, amen.
0: If you'd like to contact us in our ministry, you may do so by writing us at Rivers in the Desert, P.O. Box 2788 in Alpharetta, Georgia, 30023 in the United States of America.